Well, if you're wondering why we have pirates on the screen, uh, this last week was Vacation Bible School, our version of Vacation Bible School Summer Jam for our Parkview Kids team here at Parkview. It was an incredible week where we had hundreds of kids come through these doors, learn about Jesus, create some memories with each other. Over the next few weeks ahead, we'll have some great stories to share with you about that. Now, if you're checking things out around here, I just want to welcome you to Parkview. My name is Kevin. I'm one of the pastors around here. Uh, if you're here for the weekend, maybe it's because you don't have a lake house to go to, uh, we have a pond out back. It's really nice. There's a lot of geese out there, so feel free to hang out after service. You're more than welcome. Nobody will kick you out of there, but not a huge pond. No boats, but go hang out for a little bit. It's Fourth of July weekend, which means that we have the opportunity to celebrate freedom, and not just the freedom we get in this country, but the freedom that we get uh, with our hope that's in Jesus. And along those lines, as I talk about Summer Jam and what goes on around Parkview, another way for your kids to get involved, just to learn more about the church, uh, is Parkview One Athletics. It's a, it's a program we have that goes year-round. We're currently finishing up our soccer season, and we're getting ready for flag football this fall. So it, it starts up in August. Head online to parkviewchurch.info to get some information about flag football or sign your kids up. We'd love for them to do that. You can also head to parkviewchurch.info at any point during the service this weekend during the week to get some information about what's going on around Parkview week to week. Or right in front of you in the seat back, there's going to be one of these cards Go ahead and fill that out just so we can get connected to you. Uh, we'd love to hear your story, uh, help you take a next step, uh, and just figure out what your journey with Jesus might look like. Now, in our time together today, we're going to have some worship. Uh, we're going to have some teaching, some time together. And at the end of it, we're going to come together and do communion. But one thing that I wanted to just mention to you as we head into the rest of the service is about generosity, which might immediately put you on edge or you're ready to tune me out when you hear me say that. So let me put myself on edge and tell you this about myself. When I first started working at Parkview, I actually was not giving. I know, not the best thing to say probably from the stage. And as I was kind of in those first few months, even the first year, uh, my heart just wasn't really for it. I didn't feel the need to do it. I kind of felt like I was immune to do it because like I worked here and I thought, well, why bother? Why give to the church? And over that course of that time, I realized that my heart just wasn't in it as much. I wasn't taking that extra step. I wasn't, with that extra 10%, investing in something greater than myself. And then my wife, who was obviously my then girlfriend at the time, college student, making $0 a month, and somehow scraping together money to give to the church monthly. And I saw something in her that I wanted to have in myself, and that was just the investment in something greater. And along those lines, maybe you're in a similar place to where I was. And in no way am I trying to shame you if that's the case, because we're all in a different spot on the journey. But I do believe that as we come closer to knowing Jesus, our hearts continue to look more like his in generosity. And whether or not you give a park view, I don't really care. Uh, but what I do care about is that our hearts are looking more generous as we continue to take steps towards Jesus, whether that's here or elsewhere. If you do want to give to Parkview uh, and invest in the mission of what's going on between all of our kids' stuff, our athletics programs, you can text the word GIVE to 65649 or head online to that parkviewchurch.info uh, link. But regardless, my invitation to you as we head into this weekend and this week ahead is just to spend some time in prayer. What does it look like for us to live generous lives that resemble the generosity of our God? And it's with that said that we want to celebrate that generosity and his goodness in the gift of his son, Jesus. So let's begin our time. If you would, stand with me. Let's worship our God together. Well, welcome to Parker, you guys. And we're set for a great time today. Glad you guys are here. 
I believe 
This world changes so fast. I mean, we can barely keep up. Jesus is the only firm foundation that we have. The only one who never changes. And I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you alone. And I will not be can't think of a time when we can be more unsure and more uncertain about where our lives are going, about what's going to happen next. That's where I'm at right now. And God, I, I rest in you because I know that all around me, when everything falls apart, when I don't know what's coming, when I don't know what tomorrow's gonna hold, that you and you alone are where I put my trust. I stand on you, on the truth of your word, and then your love that I know you have for me, that gives me hope in a hopeless world. God, we love you. We worship you today. We are really, really humbled in your presence. And we know that you look upon us through the blood of Jesus Christ, who saves us from our sin and gives us a hope and a future in you. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Thanks for worshiping with us today. You can go ahead and be seated. Love that will never need to hide Love will always rise above Now we're one with the sun over our heads And at night we'll be the stars Just be with me Just be with me Just be with me Well, hello, Parkview crew. Uh, welcome this weekend, everybody out in Homer Glen. Uh, welcome to everybody in New Lenox, everybody around Orland Park campus, everybody online as well. Maybe you're in your backyard or on your patio or your porch this July 4th weekend. Welcome. Uh, you know, this weekend is about giving thanks and being grateful for so many things. We're, we're thankful for our freedom, right? First and foremost, so many people who have given their lives and sacrificed so much for the freedom uh, that we have. Uh, we're thankful for our faith, that we can celebrate our faith freely and gather up like we are this weekend. We're thankful for our friends. We're thankful for our family, that we can finally gather around again. You know, it's been a while since we've done that. And then maybe another thing that is, you know, not maybe so important, but I'm kind of thankful for myself, and that is fireworks. That's kind of big to me, and I'm not sure how you feel about fireworks. I mean, like the real kind, you know, like the explosive kinds of fireworks. In fact, would you just do this right now? Would you turn to your neighbor and just kind of give a thumbs up or thumbs down on how you feel about fireworks? So just right now, look at your neighbor. How do you feel about fireworks? Thumbs up or thumbs down on fireworks? So I personally would be a big thumbs up for fireworks. I love fireworks, but I grew up in Kansas City, Kansas, and fireworks were pretty much illegal there, except for like, you know, the little sparklers and snakes and things like that. So each year, here's what we would do. Our family on the July 4th weekend would get in the car and drive across the Kansas City state line over into Missouri, where my parents had a lake house in the Lake of the Ozarks, and pretty much all fireworks were legal there. I mean, all fireworks. And as a little kid, I can just remember, I would start saving just after Christmas, like in January, I would start putting aside part of my allowance for this July 4th weekend. And the thing I wanted to buy was especially these right here, the bottle rocket. As soon as we got across state lines, got to the fireworks stand, bottle rockets. Are you familiar with the bottle rocket? I mean, these babies right here are like the holy grail of fireworks, right? And I can remember that we would get like these big two-liter bottles of Mountain Dew that were all empty, and we would stick a bunch of these bottle rockets in there, and, and then we would light the fuse, and we would take off. And they would shoot up everywhere all over the place, but inevitably, some of the bottle rockets would fail to launch. And so we would wait. And we would wait, and we would wait, and we would wait because we didn't, you know, want to get too close and get our eyes shot out or something like that. And then we would slowly sneak up to these two-liter bottles, and we would begin to pull these things out, and we would begin to inspect them, right? How could we shoot these things again? 
You see, most of them by this point only had a fuse that was like a sixteenth of an inch long. And even at 10 years old, I was smart enough to know that as soon as you light the fuse on one of those things, boom, it was going to explode almost immediately. So I used to always try and trade these fireworks to my six-year-old brother who really didn't know any better. I would take basically anything he had left because I knew that if you play around with those things, I was going to get a finger blown off or I was going to get my eye shot out or something like that. I knew you could get into some real trouble if you start to mess around with fireworks that have short fuses. And you know what else? You can also get into some serious trouble when you get around people with short fuses, right? I mean, it's no fun. It can be downright dangerous to be around people with short fuses. I'm talking about people who have like minimal amounts of patience. You see, when the patience runs out, watch out, right? Because when our patience runs out, that's when children say things to their parents like, I wish I was never born, or that's when dads who are playing baseball with their children in the backyard say, come on, come on, come on, can't you just hit the stinking ball? And that's when moms who are driving the car turn around and try and get the kids in the back seat and end up saying, just shut up. You see, friends, when the patience runs out, watch out. It's when our patience runs out that so much relational damage is done. Wouldn't you agree? Many of you know that I have an overactive mind. And I have often dreamed of like how cool it would be to invent some kind of little patience pill just for this reason. I mean, how convenient would it be if you had a little pill that you could just put in your pocket and you could carry it around with you and whenever you felt like you were getting impatient, whenever your fuse was getting low, boom, you just pop the pill. Now, I mean, this of course would have to be a fast release pill, right? I mean, people who are impatient people don't wanna wait around for a slow release pill. I mean, for two or three or five minutes to work, you would need it to work quickly. So it's like, you know, pop the pill, two, three seconds later, boom, patience, right? That's how it would have to work. Unfortunately, as you know, there's no such pill. There is no quick, natural way to change your fuse length. But you may or may not believe this, but all of this that we're talking about right now actually burdens the heart of God. Because God can see the incredible relational damage that is done when people lose their minds and blow up and get upset with each other. So our good God has said, here's what I'm going to do. I am going to commission my Holy Spirit to work full time, even overtime in some of us, if necessary, in your life to produce this virtue of patience. Listen, Parkview, you do not you do not have to do this on your own. The Holy Spirit has the ability to lengthen your fuse and increase your patience. And I know right now, some of you on all of our campuses and online are saying, how, Todd? I mean, I'm getting into this. How does this happen? How does the Holy Spirit do this? I mean, tell me, tell me, how, how, how does this happen? Okay, okay, okay. Be patient. I'm going to tell you how it happens. All right, that's what this message is all about. Here are several ways to increase your patience 
and lengthen your views. The first one is this. Learn to slow down and take a step back. Slow down and take a step back. In James chapter 1, verse 19, the Bible says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. We all have a certain scenario in our life, don't we? When we just need to slow down a little bit and take a step back. Just a couple of weeks ago, it was my wife's birthday, and I went to the grocery store just really quickly to get in and out of there and pick up just like three or four things. And as I'm walking up to the checkout line with my three or four things, you know, I'm doing what you do. I'm kind of scanning to see which one of these will be the fastest. And that's when I see, you know, that beautiful, inviting, amazing, basically empty 12 items or less line. And I'm like, ah, there it is. And so I begin to walk up with my three or four items. And just as I'm walking up to this, no kidding, this man jumps in front of me. And I'm not kidding you. I mean, in my mind, he jumped, okay? And he literally jumps in front of me and started putting all of his stuff down on that conveyor belt thingy. And I was, of course, appalled that he jumped in front of me. But then I began to do what? Yeah, count his items. So I'm counting his items, and this guy has, not only does he have like more than 12 items at this point, but he has like fruit, and he has vegetables in these little packages. And I know, you know this too, that whenever somebody has fresh produce, fresh produce is going to be a what? It's going to be a price check, right? I only had like three or four items. Can he not see that I have three or four items in Parkview? I'm going to admit to you that the things that I was saying in my head were not very nice, nor should they be repeated. And just as I was ready to lose it on this line cutter, the Holy Spirit went to work on my mind and reminded me of what has become my life verse. 1 John chapter 2, verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. I'll tell you what. I could not imagine Jesus saying to this man the things that I wanted to say to this man. And I'm telling you. In what I can only call a supernatural way, the Holy Spirit lengthened my fuse. And I promise, I promise, I promise, I promise, as you learn to listen to the Holy Spirit inside of you, you will hear the Holy Spirit saying to you, hey, 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 listen, take a step back. Take a deep breath. Give, give yourself some space. Count down before you blast off. In the Bible, in Proverbs chapter 14, verse 30, it says, A relaxed attitude lengthens a man's life. And I would say a relaxed attitude also lengthens our fuse. So, learn to slow down and take a step back. Here's a second way that we can lengthen our fuse. And that is learn to assume positive intentions. Positive intentions. There's an author named Stephen Covey, and in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, he shares a really unusual story about a journey that he had on a New York subway one Sunday morning. Maybe some of you have read that book or heard this story. It's so 
powerful. I want to just share it with you. He says, while people were sitting quietly on the train, reading the newspaper and dozing, a man entered with his noisy and rambunctious children. The man sat down, he leaned his head back, and he closed his eyes as though he were oblivious to his out-of-control children. The once quiet subway car was now a disturbing place of chaos. The children's inappropriate behavior was obvious to everyone except their father. Finally, out of frustration, I turned to the father and kindly confronted him about his children. The man opened his eyes and evaluated the situation as if he was unaware of everything that had transpired. Oh, you're right. I guess I should do something about it, he said. But we just came from the hospital where their mother, my wife, passed away about an hour ago. I just don't know how to act. And I guess they don't know how to act either. You see, the truth is, we never know what has just happened in another person's life. So before you blow up and give them a piece of your mind or lose your temper, or speak critically or act impatiently, we would all do well to consider their situation and assume positive intentions about what's going on. I can remember another similar story by Pastor John Ortberg. He told this about a flight that he was on a few years ago. He said he got into the plane and he got set down in his seat. And in the seat right in front of him was a parent with two kids. And these kids were just going crazy. And the parent looked completely, you know, exasperated. Finally, as they were standing up and turning around and the parents trying to grab them, John said to the parent, hey, you know what? I'd give anything to have two kids, to which the perplexed parent replied, oh, right, I'm sorry, you don't have any kids. And John said, no, 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 I actually have five kids. I would give anything to just have two kids, right? <laughs> Some of you feel that? You know, here's the thing, we can choose to judge each other and to get critical and to should on other people, remember the shoulds, or we can choose to assume positive intentions. We can say, I will choose to believe the best about people until I have a real reason to do otherwise. I will give people the benefit of the doubt and assume positive intentions. That is simply one of the greatest ways to lengthen your fuse with people. And then here's the final thing for this weekend. How to increase our patience? How about this? Remember God's fuse length with you. As I look back over the landscape of my life, I am forced to realize that I not only tested God's patience in like my pre-Christian days before I met Jesus, but I actually continue to test God's patience even now. Like in the last week, like, like in, in the last, you know, day or two, in the last 24 hours. Throughout the course of my Christian life, I still test God's patience. Can't you say the same thing? I've come to the end of so many days where I just want to say, God, why do you put up with me? 
Oftentimes, I feel like the Apostle Paul in the Bible who said this in Romans chapter 7. He said, what I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. I decide to do good, but then I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. It happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever feel like you so desperately just want to do good and then you just end up doing bad? Does that ever lead you to pause in your life and give praise to God and say to him, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for not giving me exactly what I deserve. God, thank you for being so incredibly patient with me. And one last thought. You remember in the Bible in the Old Testament, you remember that guy named Moses Moses goes up to the top of that mountain and gets the Ten Commandments. Remember that scenario, that event? Do you remember what God actually said? God was descending upon Moses like in a cloud or something like that. Do you remember what God said to Moses when he was doing that? Here's what he said, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6. I am the Lord God. I am merciful and very patient with my people. I show great love and I can be trusted. Isn't that an incredible description of God or what? That God is merciful to us, that he is very patient. I love how it says not just patient, but very patient, that he shows great love and that God can be trusted. Here's what all of this makes me wonder. Who are the people that I personally am called to be merciful and loving and patient with? Who has God put around me that I need to lengthen my fuse with? And then here's the next step for all of us today. Who do you need to lengthen your fuse with? Think about that person right now. Maybe it's someone you're dating. Maybe it's someone you're engaged to. Maybe it's your spouse. If you're married, it could very likely be the person you're married to that you kind of need to increase your fuse length with. Maybe it's your kids, or maybe it's your parents, or a coworker, or your boss. Or how about this? Maybe it's just you. Maybe you need to give you a break. You need to be more merciful with yourself. You need to be more loving towards yourself. You need to be more patient with yourself. Who do you need to lengthen your fuse with? Get get that person in your mind. I want you to think about that person in your mind right now. Who do you need to lengthen your fuse with? And then I want us to just pray together. You got that person in your mind? that you need to have more patience and a longer fuse with? Let's pray together today. God, thank you so much 
for your great, great patience, your mercy with us. God, thank you so much that you can be trusted to always extend us that grace. And God, I pray right now for everyone this weekend that has that person in their mind, maybe even themselves, that they need to be more patient with, that they just feel anxious, they feel agitated, they feel frustrated, they feel upset so often. God, I know that every single one of us wants to do good. We want to be more patient. We want to have a longer fuse, but God, we don't always know how to do it in our own humanness. And God, we ask that you would somehow make yourself known to us. Let us be sensitive to your Holy Spirit who will indeed help us grow and increase our patience and lengthen our fuse with ourselves and with other people. God, thank you for your great grace and patience with us. Thank you for this July 4th weekend and the freedom that we get to celebrate and the faith and the friends and the family. God, let us be full of patience and joy this weekend. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to go ahead and take some time uh, and respond to God's word by taking communion together. And the reason we take communion uh, is for the same reason that we celebrate, you know, 4th of July this weekend, freedom. And freedom's a pretty easy thing to celebrate. It's a pretty easy reason to light a firework. But the freedom we get in Jesus is unlike any other. When we celebrate freedom in this world, on this earth, in this country, it is just a small snapshot at what the freedom we get in Jesus looks like. I'm not sure what heaven looks like when it comes to holidays like this. I'm sure that there's fireworks, but I don't know how 4th of July works. But I don't even know if we need one because the freedom we get in Jesus in an eternal life is unlike anything we can get in this world. And it's available for us here today, right now, and for each and every one of us. I was thinking about that just the other day. I was at a funeral service, and it was at a church where we did communion, but it was a place that I couldn't take communion at. And I didn't lose any sleep that night, but what I will say is that at Parkview, we do communion a little bit different if you're not familiar with it. We have an open table in the way we do communion because we believe that Jesus had a pretty open table in the way that he said he came for all people to have eternal life. All we have to do is ask. And if this whole thing is new to you, if you're brand new to Parkview, if you're brand new to church, if you're still trying to figure it out or you got drug here this weekend, I want you to know that that invitation is for you here today. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to have this whole God or church or faith thing completely put together. All you need is to be willing or want to take a step towards Jesus into the chair at the table that's been prepared for you as we get ready to take communion together. So hopefully on your way and you grab one of these packets, there's a thin layer for the wafer and then another layer to access the juice. And I'll invite us to take a moment and sit in the truth that we've heard and sit and accept that freedom that is available for us here today. And I'll come back out in a moment and we'll take communion together.
the bread, which represents the body broken for you. Take and eat. And the juice, a symbol of the blood that was shed for you. Take and drink. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for the gift we have to celebrate this weekend. And God, we thank you for the gift we always have to celebrate you. God, help us just accept your freedom. God, surrender our control and be at peace knowing that you're there for us and you're patient with us. We love you. And it's in your son's name that we pray. And everyone said, amen. Well, thank you guys for being here this weekend. I hope you have a great 4th of July weekend. And as you do, would you please stand as we close out our time together. May the Lord God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and grant you peace this day and forevermore. Have a great weekend, everyone.